Welcome everyone to the Berkeley Center for Law and Technology's Expert Series podcast. I'm Wayne Stacy, the Executive Director for BCLT. And today we're gonna to talk about cryptocurrency and digital assets. Uh, in particular, we're gonna talk about Washington's recent involvement and what we can look for in the future. To lead us through this discussion today, we have two of the, the nation's leading experts on the topic. We have Doug Landy, who is, I can best determine, is head of everything at White & Case that involves anything financial services related, uh, but specifically he's head of the financial services group and part of the U.S. bank regulatory practice. And then we have Era Anagnosta with us. Uh, she is a capital markets partner and formerly served as the SEC's acting assistant director uh, in the Office of Financial Services. So a, a unique insight into the SEC side uh, of this discussion. So let me, let me start with one of the, the issues we saw coming up in the paper all week, and that was the, the US Senate decided to uh, include some cryptocurrency regulations in the infrastructure bill. So what's, what's going on there and why the infrastructure bill? Well, I can start. The, um, the information in the bill was interesting. It was designed to combat tax avoidance and um, make persons that play certain roles in crypto transactions act similarly for taxation and reporting to other brokers for securities or intermediaries for commodities or similar things. And um, however, the industry is very different from those. And there was no agreement as to who the proper intermediaries are to provide that information ultimately to be responsible. Um, and, and that was really what happened in the bill. The bill was very broad. There was a compromise sought to limit the applicability of the requirements to certain entities that actually handle the information and are less kind of developers and more information brokers. Um, but there really wasn't an agreement as to who those people should be. And the bill still has the very broad provision in it where it's going to the house now where I think the industry is gonna take another crack at trying to um, educate people about where the line should be drawn. Any predictions on on what's going to come out of this? Ooh, I never predict politics, but um, hopefully, you know, this is this is an issue across the industry. How does one introduce um, regulation and structure into an industry that grew up outside of those things on purpose? And um, there are baby steps being done towards that. But um, Secretary Yellen has made very clear she feels there's a part of the industry that deals in tax avoidance and other bad things. And so she's very strong on wanting to use the regulatory structure, including the tax authority, to really stamp that out as much as she can. Well, that's uh, the legislative side of it. What's the SEC doing with, with both crypto and digital assets these days? 
Yeah, that's been, you know, a very active area of the SEC. The SEC so far to date, particularly with the change in administration, we see the enforcement arm of the SEC being very active, being very vocal. We have a new chairman that has been speaking since he started more so than, you know, any prior really chairman in his position. Um, we see enforcement cases coming on a daily basis from the SEC in the space. Um, currently, they're conducting a sweep if you will, of all the decentralized finance companies that are becoming very much prevalent in the space. They're making a lot of money. They have a lot of retail investors. They have a lot of you know, ability to reach retail investors. And one of the main concerns of the SEC is that these retail investors are not protected. There's really no regulatory scheme that you know, these DeFi platforms, decentralized platforms are regulated. And um, very recently, Chairman Gensler, um, you know, said it very, you know, um, you know, very clearly that uh, it would be impossible for, you know, any of the instruments that these DeFi platforms touch not to be securities. So I think that we will see regulation. Um, the SEC has a very, very busy regulatory agenda for 2021. We don't see anything related to cryptocurrency. However, um, given the sort of the amount of public statements that are being made and the amount of enforcement, I think that at least for the remainder of the year, we'll see a lot more enforcement actions from the SEC as a way to sort of cool down the markets. When, when you look at what Washington is talking about these days, both the SEC and Congress, the, the discussion always seems to be cryptocurrency. And it's unclear whether they're just using that generically for all types of digital assets or whether they're really looking at the Bitcoin type of, of cryptocurrency. So how does this affect you know, the, the rise of, of stable coins and then the companies that are, are getting into that business? Yeah, definitely. I think that there is a lot of education still to be to be done, you know, in the space, you know, cryptocurrency is used very loosely. And I think that it, you know, like a lot of things are assumed in that particular, you know, nomenclature. Um, the SEC has already um, spoken a while back now, um, you know, Bitcoin and Ether are the only two cryptocurrencies that have declared not to be securities. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, there is, you know, two or three no actual letters where you can see where stable, stable coin like instruments instruments or utility tokens would not be considered securities. Um, and in that context, I think that there is a little bit more clarity. However, digital asset securities are very much different from cryptocurrencies. As we saw from the recent public, um, uh, you know, initial public offering of Coinbase, the SEC really scrutinized how the company um, really onboards the various you know, cryptocurrency in the process that it goes through for purposes of determining whether or not they're onboarding security. So I think that they're trying to themselves understand you know, like what they're dealing with in the market. There are so many you know, cryptocurrencies out there. So I think that they have a real challenge to create this sort of you know, really bright line rules into what you know, a cryptocurrency instrument falls within the category category of a Bitcoin or Ether or to a security category, um, knowing also that, you know, they always start with the idea that it is a security until it's proven otherwise. I think we can add as well, you know, 2021 has definitely been the rise of the stable coin, um, you know, and that's a funny thing to say because there is no definition of stable. <laughs> Nobody really knows what it is. Although, it, you know, in essence, it's something whose value is linked to something else, usually fiat currency, 
to, to maintain the value of the token attached to it. So unlike pure cryptocurrencies, it's not going to go up and down and be so volatile. Um, but nobody, you know, but nobody really knows what those things are. And we've seen this year, um, first of all, over the last 12 months, the incredible growth of non-bank stablecoin issue, issue from issuers like Tether, Circle, Paxos, Gemini, and a few others. Um, I mean, the amounts issued have gone up hundreds of percent. Um, many of those things are being used to conduct cryptocurrency um, trades, um, sort of off exchange and so on. But we've seen the beginnings of the movement of the stable coins into the banking system itself. You know, we've seen a few issuers um, start to come out in the banks. Um, right now, only in closed loop systems, so only among the bank itself and its customers, but some sort of tentative steps towards third party um, token holders for stablecoin purposes. And it's gonna be interesting to see how these things are characterized because there is already a definition for something that's basically a receipt for money held by a bank and it's called a deposit. And it'll be, you know, the, the bank regulators are gonna view it that way. The CFTC has already said it views almost everything built in this family of, of technology as commodities. And the SEC has said what Era just said. So, you know, I think we're gonna see a world where the world starts to split at least in half, where pure cryptos or things that are used for um, sort of speculation or for market making and things of that nature are treated one way and things that are used to conduct transactions and affect sort of stable value that can be transferred from person to person um, representing bank credit or even non-bank credit, but probably mostly bank credit are gonna be treated a different way. Um, the growth of all that stuff has attracted a lot of attention. You know, we saw the president's working group um, convened by Secretary Yellen, which includes the Fed and SEC and a few other agencies um, just for stable coins. And they're supposed to issue a report sort of by the end of the year or so. Um, concurrently with that, the Fed is writing a white paper which nobody really knows what is in it, but it's certainly gonna cover things like crypto and stablecoin. And the last thing I'll say is the entrance, we haven't seen banks move into this field really at all. It's perhaps the only financial asset that banks don't play an intermediary role in right now. And there's a good reason for that. Um, first and foremost, as these things are commodities, banks have very limited powers to sort of trade and act within non-metal commodities. So they can do gold, silver, platinum, bronze, copper, but not um, oil, gas, you know, and other things, which includes now crypto. But the second reason is, and I've heard the bank re regulators say this time and time again, crypto is the only financial asset that could go to zero tomorrow. It introduces a risk of volatility unknown to other financial assets for investment or store of value purposes. And to be able to risk manage something that could be zero um, creates a very difficult task for the banks. We saw that with the BIS suggests that crypto holdings by banks should carry the highest possible capital rate, which only very a very few assets have 1,250% basically the value. And, um, you know, so, so we've seen, we haven't seen banks move into it even as their clients and many others have. Well, do you, well, let me ask you about the, the Washington bill that's sitting out there right now. 
Does it distinguish between traditional cryptocurrency and stablecoin? No, I don't think so. And it's not directed at stablecoin issuance, as far as I'm aware, but it's very broad. And you really need to be a technologist to understand it because it refers to actors by their technological role. So the persons who validate transactions or who manage nodes or other things, you know, which are far beyond my mere lawyer brain to understand. Um, but 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 we're we're gonna see that happen because both those papers I mentioned, the president's working group and the Fed, are going to start distinguishing among instruments. So for, for companies that are in this space or thinking about being in this space, what do they need to, to look for next? And then what do they need to start preparing for? Well, I, I can tell you that, you know, there are companies that currently are, you know, particularly the ones under the SEC sweeps that, you know, are really trying to um, really figure out, you know, how do they uh, pivot and what does it pivot look like? And, you know, do, does their new economic model is going to be just as successful? And at times, you know, depending on how you've built your, your model, you may not even be able to pivot. So I do think that, um, you know, as, as Doug mentioned, the volatility of cryptocurrency, I believe it's going to bring regulation, you know, like more swiftly on that, you know, aspect of the market and trying to regulate that more. I do think that DeFi platforms, um, you know, represent a unique issue because, um, you know, uh, there are, you know, a lot of similarities to, you know, basically investment instruments, you know, like they're like typical loans that are considered like securities under, you know, the uh, the Howey test or the the Reeves case of the familiarity, um, you know, test. So I, I I, I think that companies, the ones that, um, you know, are, are thinking about the next steps are really engaging good counsel at trying to think as, as to how to become compliant, whatever the compliance look like. But the truth is that there have been, you know, th there has been a lack of, you know, as Doug mentioned, you know, like there are just too many, you know, um, too many regulatory bodies that don't really know where their jurisdiction lies or how to regulate. And then you see a bill that is so broad. So the companies are sort of even the ones that want to be compliant, they're caught in this web of, you know, what to do. They want to sort of, you know, get the right license and, you know, the right registration. At least NYDFS has made it clear, um, you know, with their, you know, bid license, you know, companies know how to comply, but not the other jurisdiction or, you know, like also on the federal level. So I think that the companies are looking for guidance and hopefully, you know, from a regulatory perspective that comes sooner rather than later, because they are somewhat caught in this, you know, in that white space. Yeah, the first question everybody asks in this space among our clients is, is it a security? And, and thankfully, I have Era to guide me. She's the worldwide expert on that. Um, but as she said, only Bitcoin and Ether, those are the only two we actually know. The rest you have to analyze and the rules by which you analyze them are changing, um, partially because there's a new chair and he has very different views perhaps than staff did prior. Even today, he had a speech where, you know, he's starting to talk about um, how tokens are awarded in DeFi situations, which is another factor that I think people quite hadn't focused on before. So the need for clear rules is very significant. It's certainly holding the market back because the market, you know, the tests by which you use look a lot different than 12 months ago and 24 months ago and 36 months ago. And that, that's a very difficult um, situation for companies or financial institutions to manage. 
Well, it, I find it ironic that at the end of the day, the industry that was built because they didn't want to be regulated now has one of the, the larger uh, lobbying bars in, in Washington working for them. So uh, a lot of shift going on and maybe a lot of legitimization. Well, thank you both for your, your time. I appreciate your expertise and hopefully we'll have more to talk about when the House gets through through its revisions on the bill.